My name is Chris. My name is Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things Binge and Nerd. Binge and Nerd. Binge and Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> That's the new theme song. Just bum, now bum, bum, made bum. it up. Westworld edition. We are rewatching season one. We of need a the player piano version of that song. Do it. <laughs> the acclaimed HBR show. Uh, that's just how I say it now. HBR. <laughs> oh, uh, that's kind of yeah. That's a good one, Steve. Yeah. I mean, I really. I mean, it's very meta because it, HBO is known for their right. sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. HBR. <laughs> one day we'll get there. Yeah. One day we'll get there. Uh, so, any hoozle, uh, we have a few segments. If you've never listened to the show before, we dive very deep into our very favoriteest. TV shows and film properties. Um, occasionally, we do whole seasons of shows. That's where we started off with Stranger Things, mm-hmm. with t- too much acclaim. We, you know, too much acclaim. <laughs> I mean, there was just so much yeah, acclaim going we had around. To, we had to hide out for a while. The curse <laughs> of greatness is real. After all those Matthew Modine uh, impersonations, we had to take Steve underground. But we're back. He's after me. <laughs> So, yeah, now we're doing Westworld, season one, uh, April 22nd, season two drops. So most of you are probably doing a rewatch to refresh yourselves on all of the wonderful philosophical Anthony Hopkins monologues. And mm-hmm. so we are here to join you and add absolutely nothing of value to the show, but hopefully entertain your daily commutes and whatnots. Indeed. What is our opinions worth? Nothing. Mm. Everything. Sorry, that was a little uh, kingdom of... Uh, the one movie I don't forget. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> now we one movie. Kingdom of Heaven. Remember that movie? Yeah, with Orlando Bloom. Yeah, director's cut. Right at the end, Salahadine's like, "What is what is Jerusalem worth? Nothing." And then he walks away. Everything. Keeps going. So he's like, "Wait, so what?" I have heard that the director's cut is leaps and bounds better. Yeah, it is like a very good film compared to the dog shit that the theatrical. That's the only version I've seen is the director's cut. Goddamn right, because you're a purist, Stu. Right. I, I heard all see theaters. I heard rumors yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the grapevine. We heard rumors from like a check the gate segment, all about movie news mm-hmm. because that's what we do. Segway of the year. Yes. <laughs> that was a killer segway. Welcome to Check the Gate, where we enumerate some of the, uh, you know, global phenomena of movie and TV news here on mm. Streaming Things Binge and Nerd. Andy, frantic Googling right before we turned on the recorder, has yielded what? Yeah, well, um, we were recently treated to the uh, news that the Weinstein Company has filed for bankruptcy. And Good. Apparently in an effort to... Uh, uh, try to move forward better um, an acquirement process by some private firm sure. buying their uh, properties. Steve, however, when he was researching this, <laughs> uh, came up with an interesting list of their creditors. It's the most incredible list. It was Malio Obama, David <laughs> Bowie, who's dead, and Blockbuster Video, also dead. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> RIP Blockbuster. Weinstein Company owes them money. Turn, so, turns he out, owes David Bowie money? Too. Apparently. He was on that list of people. So wouldn't it go to... Duncan Jones? Duncan Jones? Uh, yeah, it may could. Did if, you know if that's that how the that's finances work? David Bowie's son? <laughs> what? <laughs> I did. Also, I think it's funny that Malia Obama is making a... <laughs> she's investing into things. In wrong things. Yeah. Apparently. Not off to a good start. She's more of like a 2008... Investor, picturing her like, like a deep CD Obama joke. More like, my, more like 2000 and late. Am I right, guys? Ooh, Am I right? Am high high right? Yeah, high fives. <laughs> threw in a little Fergalicious joke. There you go. Damn. Uh, any hoozle. Yeah, Weinstein. I don't know much about that or what that would mean for the films produced by the Weinstein Company and their distribution deals and whatnot. Um, Dude, ever since the Me Too movement and uh, him being knocked off of his pedestal of lies and deceit and rape. I would um, say throne. His throne. Um, it is hard to watch movies because his name pops up on so many of them. It is crazy. Yes, yeah. executive producer Harvey Weinstein. Bob well, Weinstein. I mean, let me just extrapolate here a little bit of an analogy. I mean, oftentimes the world being as vast and diverse as it is and, you know, the threads of time 
traveling thither and yon uh, as they thither do. And yon. As they do. <laughs> that they do. We never know the full reverberations of stuff that come from bad things. For instance, all of the directors that he gave a shot to are making all these wonderful properties that have helped millions of people, including women, right? Mm-hmm. Never knowing that he was reaping all of that money and doing what he was doing. And, um, you know, the Nazis, their scientists discovered a lot of things for medicine with their stuff. Mm. So what you're saying is the Nazis were right. No. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we can accept the good things that came from Weinstein and his company and uh, condemn him as well at the same time. Those two things can exist in the same space. They, they should just fuck rename Hitler. themselves. I'm glad we know how to whatever the fuck they did. I don't know. Does anyone know what the Nazis learned? Does it matter? Wait, what? <laughs> what? When they were performing horrible experiments on people, they discovered things about medicine that we use today. Oh, I always just thought they'd have figured out rockets better. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, they invented uh, uh, video games, actually. Wow. <laughs> Goebbels was like a big Pac-Man fan. <laughs> I'm interested. Goebbels. <laughs> My favorite game is Pac-Man. It gets the little blue dots and it kills the jewel ghosts. <laughs> That's a real quote. That's a factual quote that happened. Look, he eats the cherries. And now Zeron. Oh, God. That's awesome. Leave that in. Okay. Uh, Checking more gates, we just watched the. Infinity War trailer, along with the rest of the world, and uh, it looks like a ball of fun. Yeah, it looks awesome. Um, it is an awful lot of characters to fit into like I a two-hour movie. Imagine it's how crazy. that's going to work, and how, I mean, they've got to have seven minutes of screen time apiece. Mm. I think this movie's going to be dog shit. What are you looking forward to most <laughs> about the movie? Apparently, nothing from Steve and <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see a glimpse of Ant Man in that trailer, so I'm out. Sorry, no Ant Man, no bye. I'm, I'm, I'm with kidding. you, buddy. <laughs> or Hawkeye, he's got it. Justice for Hawkeye, guys. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Justice for Hawkeye. He can't be just hanging out in the hills with his wife and three kids all the time. Also known as Casualty Number One. I have a theory that Hawkeye is actually the same character that's in the Mission Impossible franchise, and that's just what he's doing. He's hanging. <laughs> he's doing he's stuff with, with Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt. Yeah. 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 I, I I would actually <laughs> like to see that where he's like. He's on a mission with Ethan Hunt, and what's his character's name in Mission Impossible? Fucking Hawkeye, duh. That's he's what I'm like, saying. He's like, Hawkeye, get me, start <laughs> building the mask for me. I need a new ma- identity mask. He's like, got it. And then right at that moment, he gets a call, and it's like Captain America comes like, oh, god damn it, right now. Hey, Cap, kind of, uh, what's going on, man? Hey, Ooh. I'm in a totally different producer's listen, movie right now. Listen, I don't have a lot of time. What, the Purple Man's attacking now? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. That would be awesome. That'd be all Mostly because David Tennant's the Purple Man, right? Well, that's speaking true. of that's Hawkeye, true. some Hawkeye Technically, viewers. yes, the Purple Man is David Tennant, but I was referring to Thanos. Oh, another, like a oh, Purple I Man. Yeah. About, I thought we were doing like a crossover to Jessica Jones. I thought that was good. Triple Deep cuts. whammy thing. That would have been. Sorry, um, my wife calls Thanos the Purple Man, so. Okay, Indeed. let me just say Thanos not does not look as bad as fucking fuckface. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Not the band. Uh, <laughs> the villain. But he looks like shit to me, and I'm curious what they're going to do with this character. But just when I see it on screen, I'm like, that's not $170 million. Mm. Well, you know, you know, 65 of those dollars went to the cast. <laughs> went to Robert Downey <laughs> Jr. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they should have donated to the CG budget, for, I would think. But yeah, I, think I am awesome. looking forward to seeing uh, Chris Pratt and Robert Downey Jr. on screen together mm-hmm. and see if that is like a wonderful thing or just two titans of snark that don't mix. For all eight minutes that they're going to be on there. Yeah, at least the scene so from the trailer is yeah. cute. Yeah, because it looks like Tom Holland's with them a lot too and he's also kind of a little snark. It's like the Marvel thing. Well. Yeah. I'm excited just to see more Wakanda, Captain America in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. I've always been... With I've always a beard. Been, yeah, I know. I've always been on a... I've always been Team Cap. Yeah. When it came down to Civil War, I, oh. I fell on the Team Cap side. Hmm. Yeah. Well, just yeah. Like, Same. Don't take away our rights. 
our hero rights. <laughs> Hashtag justice for heroes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to homeless Captain America. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm also not that like I'm not. I don't think it's going to blow my mind. Peter mm-hmm. Dinklage is going to be in it. Some Hawkeye uh, fans noticed in the poster that his name appears in the uh, monstrous list of credits at the bottom of it. Old Dinkle. And I'm trying to think of who he's. He he played the scientist Dinkle. in um, Days of Future Past. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of anything else that he's been. I heard a, an, I heard a rumor. I hope he's not just this, but I heard a rumor that he's going to be the the character that reforges Thor's hammer. He's like a dwarf miner who's like, I can do it. Oh, but, wow. oh no! Yeah, Gimli. Yeah, <laughs> and my son of Groin, <laughs> and this hammer, son of Groin, <laughs> three um, already. <laughs> checking more gates. Uh, Steven Spielberg confirms Indiana Jones 5. Oh, no. No, I thought that was confirmed. I think it was, but it's going to shoot in April of 2019. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. In the UK. Great. I can't wait to watch a geriatric Harrison Ford whip people with a whip. I am not <laughs> looking forward to that. I just wanted to mention it. Uh, I did see some buzz. Uh, I didn't watch the trailer because I typically don't watch trailers. I only do them for comic book movies because mm. I don't care. Uh, Sicario Day of the Soldado trailer number two ignites a new cartel war damn it I shouldn't have read that it spoiled it <laughs> oh no <laughs> holy shit as I'm checking more gates is this real new Matrix movies will expand franchise into a shared universe what interesting a shared universe with what it was announced a year ago Warner Brothers was working on a possible Matrix 4 Ooh, I am up on the news. Thank you for checking streaming things for all of your important movie news. What shared universe, though? Is it like the Matrix and like the Universal Monster films? <laughs> what is the... And this is... I gotta make Matrix sure I and the Monsters. Warner, yeah. That's what I want to see. With writer Zach Penn, fans responded with outrage before the writer made it clear that what he's working on is not a reboot or a remake of the series. The writer made it clear that he has no intention of starting over with the franchise. Oh, his new film, Ready Player One. Apparently, Zach Penn wrote that. He revealed that his plans for this new project include expanding the existing Matrix universe. And here's what he had to say. Oh, it's going to mix with Ready Player One? What? Wait, so is are they saying that Neo's going to be in Ready Player One? Because every pop culture icon ever is going to be in that. They did say Star Wars is confirmed in Ready Player One. Nice. Yeah. Steven Spielberg got Star Wars stuff in there. Uh, I'm not. Is anyone else like not sold on that movie? I I read the book the and world. I really liked it. The world isn't sold. I, I think South by Southwest. Most critics were like me. Well, even like watching the trailer, I was just like, because no, I, I never was excited. So many but people hyped I only that. knew about it because Andy was such a big fan of the book. But. Yeah, so many people hyped the book up, and mm. people were like, "Yeah, the movie's coming out. I can't wait." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, I heard this was good." And I watched the trailer. I'm like, "That looks so." Bleh. Same. Bleh. It looks like one of those fucking YA movies, like Divergent series or some shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's Steven Spielberg, so I'm like, meh. Yeah. The review, the early reviews that I read were actually really good for really? South by Southwest. There were a couple detractors that were like, "Eh, it's harmless." But other people are like, it's, <laughs> you know, and that's it was a Steven Spielberg movie. You know, it's going to be at least a certain echelon of quality. It's going to make me crave but, the popcorn mm-hmm. at the very least. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what they're saying. It's a, it's a crowd pleaser. It's fun. Sure. OK. Well, we're looking forward to I that. Like fun thing. March 29th, uh, nine days away from as we record this. I never should date these recordings. But they, is, that, is that when they it comes out? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, that, yes, oh, I, believe. I didn't know it came oh, out that, that soon. soon. Damn, very, very soon. And uh, Tomb Raider, I was the not film ready. Is out right now. Uh, I need to see that. I believe it's doing well. I played that video game, so I feel like I don't really need to see it because they basically Same. just ripped it off of the reboot of Tomb Raider. Yeah. The Same. last uh, headline I read about it said that this is not a move, a video game movie, and that's a good thing. But it's a movie about a video game, right? Meaning it's like <laughs> all the other ones are shit. I think is what they're getting at. Yeah, I mean, have you seen movie. House of the Dead? Yes. I'm kidding. It's like notoriously the worst that. video game movie ever. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. My favorite is Super Mario Brothers with John Leguizamo. That's a good one. Mm. <laughs> Dennis Hopper. <laughs> yeah. As Bowser. <laughs> good idea. I think that's all we have for the gate. All the dust is clear. What do you guys think? Um, I'm out of gate. Let's move on to things we've been streaming where we talk about things we've been streaming. 
Andy. That clever name we did there. Dude, I streamed a big one. Um, oh. <laughs> it was a big one. Ooh. I had to flush twice. <laughs> big one. <laughs> um, so this is a movie that I had uh, never really admitted to not having seen before. One and I, I have one of my big blind spots. Um, I had never seen Alien. Really? And I finally the original Alien? The original Alien. Wow. I never admitted that ever. And yeah. you're a huge horror fan. I know. And Did I, you like it? We watched it. Did you like it? I loved it. It was great. Yes. The, uh, dude, and I, I feel guy. like I can't possibly spoil that at this point. It, it's like 40 years ago next year. So I feel yet like you had not seen it. Right. And yet I had not seen so it. So all of those were like, like Andy, you're about to be spoiled. All of those 40 years, 30 of which I have been a part of this world, <laughs> I have not seen. Dude, the, just the iconic shot of John Hurt laying in that uh, med bay with the thing on his face, mm-hmm. that is haunting. Yeah. Like, anything else that that movie did, there's some iffy jump scares, there's some kind of, you know, it, it, it shows its age in a lot of ways, but it is just that shot of dude laying there just breathing with this thing on his face. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, that's stuff of nightmares. Have you seen Aliens? I have seen Aliens. I had never seen the first really? one. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I have seen Prometheus. I was very high, so I don't remember Prometheus. <laughs> it's probably for the best. But um, <laughs> I like Prometheus. I had never seen Alien. I finally did. One of my favorite things it. about Alien is I, I feel like that movie more than most, especially when it comes to sci-fi stuff, that movie, the world that they build in there is the most lived in. Like every mm-hmm. character, like even though they're on a spaceship, they look like real people who are doing a blue collar job in space. Mm-hmm. And it's like not super flashy. It's like gritty. It's dirty. There's water dripping down in places. And it's just such a unique look for a sci-fi it film really that does, that's not really captured ever since. One of my biggest takeaways from it, and this is a goofy thing to take from it, because there are other movies that are much uh, bigger uh, at fault for this issue, but made me realize how bad ADR used to be in films. Because <laughs> it's like, people will be talking, it's like, hey Jim, how you been? I've been doing okay. What do you mean? <laughs> just like jumps in completely, like only coming from the right side of the yeah. of the speakers and stuff. And it's, it's like we made the film type shit. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The original Blade Runner is like that too. Mm-hmm. I rewatched that and noticed that. Um, I love uh, Ian Holm in that film. Yeah, dude. He was really good. Everybody's so young. It's cool. It's like a fetus. I know. It's like, look, what's Bilbo Baggins Bilbo doing on this? Baggins. I'm not trying to rob you. Oh, shit. He's a robot. <laughs> and that scene when it's just his head on the thing, talking, laughing. He's got the white stuff all over his yeah. face. That oh, don't up. say white stuff. Awesome. <laughs> There's a lot of penis penis imagery in that film. There is you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> white stuff. Have you been streaming anything else, Andrew? Good stuff. Um... Nope, that's pretty much it. What about you, Stu? Um, so I actually last this last night I played a demo for a game, mm. and the demo you play, play like the first two hours of the game. It was a lengthy demo, wow. Wow. but by the end of it, I'll, like the way that it ended, I'm just like, I'm fucking buying this game right now, they and that you. is a game called Mafia Three. Oh. Um, it's kind of like an open world GTA style game set in the seventies. You play as an African American uh, man named Lincoln Clay, who's just come home from Vietnam and he gets caught up in the world of the mob in a new Orleans style town. But the, what was so evident to me in that two hour demo was the writing is very, very good. And the presentation video games, the way I, the reason why I love video games, is I feel like there's a lot more room to artistically play around with concepts when it comes to, you know, video genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a game that right off the bat, it almost tells you how the story is ending because it's presented as a documentary in the present day. And it shows characters like who are old, like, man, I knew Lincoln Clay when he first came back to town and he was a good guy and, a, and man, they got, they fucked him up. <laughs> and that's pretty cool. And it keeps going from like, like really quickly, it'll go from like present day documentary style and then it'll like cut back to the 70s and you're playing in the 70s. And then at the very He's end like, of the man, they fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, like and so and, and they use it in a way where you kind of like, oh, that character that they like say, I blame so and so for killing this character. And though it goes back to that character, like, oh, that character's going to die right now. But then he doesn't. So then it kind of like messes with your head of when shit's going to happen. And then at the end of the demo, there's a really amazing, really powerful scene set to paint it black uh, by the Rolling Stones. And then it ends. I'm like, I got to keep going because this is so good. So uh, I'll let you guys know how how that plays out because I uh, just bought it yesterday. It's on sale right now on the PlayStation store for, I think, $15. Nice. So it's pretty cheap. Um, 
but yeah, it's really, really good. And I highly, I mean, you know, I'm only like three hours in at this point, but I highly recommend it at this point. Has Painted Black ever not made something better? Yeah, I mean, just this first episode of Westworld. Yeah, it, first episode it of Westworld. Ended with the yeah. climactic, awesome duel thing Twisted going Metal on Black, with, remember that? Yeah. yeah. That's a good game. That's how I found the song, I think. Really? Yeah. That's a great song. Have you ever heard the uh, the French version? No. It's fe- featured in Talladega Nights. Awesome. Okay. But uh, it's it's a really good cover. I actually love that cover. I probably have well. heard it. I've seen that movie a bunch. But uh, but what about if you, Chris? you don't Chris? chew Big Red, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, man, I think your house is haunted. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been streaming anything, really. Uh, a little sip of more uh, Sneaky Pete. But I did uh, realize one of my blind spots. I'm a huge fan of musicals, I thought. You know, I love all the Disney movies. Uh, I cried watching Moana. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I even like Frozen. I do. You're welcome. Sorry, that's <laughs> the only one Thank you. song that I can remember. Uh, um, and I was talking with a bunch of friends. We were cleaning up the bar. Uh, and they were all singing songs I didn't know. And they all know I'm a huge film fan. So it was like this like collective five heads snap in my direction. They're like, what do you mean you're not going to sing with verse, us? Next verse, they all point at you. What do you mean? You know? Take and I'm it like, away, Russ. And like the, one of the girls is just looking horrified. Like, you've never seen Grease? And uh, I was like, oh, wow. No, I have She's, I love Grease. Like, you know, so they all put on the soundtrack and they're all singing. And so I turned it off and put on Chicago and sang all of them by myself, <laughs> which they had never seen. They're trying to get you into, like, here, we love this playing you're like oh. tell me more and i'm like mr Sallow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway stupid i'm listening to chicago so i meant not the band chicago the, the Ooh, movie yeah, yeah. so i meant to stream greece uh, because they all had said like seriously that's a really good movie you know and i've seen clips of john travolta fucking around in a convertible really good movie I don't know. I love it. I, it's yeah, one of the, I grew up with it. Yeah, Your I, dad I, loves leather jackets and combs. Oh, you know it. My dad is a greaser. Is he got um, a T-bird? Would you, you know, is it a must-see musical, I guess? Or? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's iconic. It's, it was like the beginning of the modern-day musical in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, it was uh, originally a play uh, sure. that they adapted, and then they added a song for Olivia Newton-John, um, the... Uh, um, summer nights, summer dreams song. Is that the really um, slow? Okay, yeah, that's, that's the one where they like were ripping it with nice. that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like that. Are you Olivia Newton-John, Steve? Yes. <laughs> I've been keeping my identity secret this entire time. It's me. But I'm mean, O and Onj. It's not gonna like rip your heart out the way like La La Land did and you're not gonna be like Grace now yeah exactly cool you know so I'm not doing it no I mean watch it then you should watch Grease 2 don't watch Grease 2 (laughs) can confirm famously bad is Grease as good as the Lion King ooh I'm gonna say for me no because <laughs> the Lion King's great, right? Great, <laughs> great. Greece, Greece is good, but and it has good songs. Like, there's no denying it the does. songs in Greece are good. But as a film, I'm not really super. I won't. Really, I've seen it once, and I'm just like, okay, I, I'll listen to the soundtrack. Okay. I'm good. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> nice. Did she put up a fight? Because they rape people <laughs> in that film. Yeah, it doesn't age well. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> I beat her ass. Sorry. All right. Ooh. Uh, let's just move into our Westworld coverage then, shall we? You are entering spoiler territory. You're bullshit. Spoilers for Westworld episode two of season one, Chestnut, starting now. Why is it called Chestnut? Hold on. We'll talk about that. The horse? Oh, I remember the exact answer to that, but now I forget. I really don't. I don't know. The synopsis, as HBO provides goes thusly. A pair of guests, first-timer William and repeat visitor Logan, arrive at Westworld with different expectations and agendas. Bernard and Quality Assurance head Teresa Cullen debate whether a recent host anomaly is contagious. Meanwhile, the man in black conscripts a condemned man, Lawrence, to help him uncover Westworld's deepest secrets. Done. Spot on. That is it. (laughs) Deep synopses in a world. Yeah, the uh, the people at HBO have a uh, much larger synopses than the Netflix guys. It's like, eh, mm-hmm. slap a couple cents on there about Jaybird. We're good. I think Netflix <laughs> is written by like cousin Steve, who's like, 
needs extra money on the side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's dead. <laughs> he looked at the poster and now he's got to write the synopsis from that. Guy in hat rapes chick from across the universe. And like that would be the Netflix description right. of the original. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I believe it's Chestnut. I forget. I remember Joanna Robinson going super into detail about this title. Mm-hmm. But I don't recall what she had come up with. And it was super dope. But I always thought of it like that old chestnut, like some kind of story, you know, when somebody tells like a a classic story or that old chestnut, that old chestnut, you know, I've never heard that. You never heard that? You never heard of that old chestnut? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, Steve? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you're just hopping right in because you're pretty smart or I've heard that phrase before. Yeah, see, Uh, that's what I thought. Uh, But anyway, you can write into streaming things pod at gmail.com with your theories or you can just Google what Joanna Robinson (laughs) said. (laughs) Uh, I feel like this episode uh, took some steps to like establish the world a little bit more you Absolutely. know the, the first one you kind of watch it's like okay there's some cool stuff going on here but i really don't know what's going on and how it's going on more specifically this yeah. took a huge dive into the um inner workings of the well the outside world is the first glimpse we get mm-hmm. uh, i believe how much do you think in like real dollars of today uh does it would it cost to visit westworld what do, what do you get the impression at least hundreds of thousands in 2018 money. Yeah, hundreds 2018 of thousands money. per person. Because I mean, you got to think. No, I like, get it. The what, call, the overhead's massive. I mean, not only like take out the cost of like running robots and all the technology that does that. Just the imagine the liquor, the liquor, the, the trains, food, the train. What blew my mind is uh, William and Logan. They show up. We get to see the the kind of reception area where they walk into the park, and there's a personal robot lady who takes you to a giant fucking room only for you with all clothes tailored to you. Right. And we'll suck you off while you try them on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then you get to pick your outfits and then you. And we'll like, suck you off again. Yeah. I mean, just imagine. You <laughs> just never leave <laughs> dressing room. No. I'd have quit back home like. I had a great time at Westworld. <laughs> oh, did you visit the saloon? No. I didn't even lose the cloth at the wardrobe. There's a train? <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys? <laughs> oh, that's what they call Westworld. <laughs> I was wondering why this whole time. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, imagine if you went to Disneyland, and for every single person who goes into Disneyland, you they go into you off. <laughs> yeah. it's Mickey Mouse comes out and gives you a blowjob. Oh boy, you welcome to the park. <laughs> but uh, but imagine if like every visitor had a giant like. Two bedroom apartment size room <laughs> of clothes tailored to them that they could pick. That's insane. Like it has to cost so much money for this park to operate and run, let alone like what you have to pay to get into it. Mm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I bet that there's like a steep fee to get in and then you like rack up a tab as you go. Cause like the people that are mm. like, they, you know, they show up and they, they put on their custom tailor boots and they're like, that's cool. And then they go have their steak dinner and then they run into that eye patch guy the first 10 minutes they get there and like, yeah, let's go on a treasure hunt. You know what I mean? Sure. And they don't kill anybody. They don't rape. They don't have to rebuild any of these things that they blow their heads off. They just went and dug a hole and found a buried box that said, thank you. Come again. Um, <laughs> and you know, like, I know they should have made it like corporate, like gift shops and because I feel like if there was like a tab thing, it would be way more corny and it would be way against what Ford was going for. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, because they want people to like kind of give themselves up to the world. Yeah. Um, and but that yeah, makes the most, well, that's it's the not way like it would actually be. They check their app at the end of the day and be like, oh shit, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did some damage. But like, you know, it, like let them immerse themselves and then at the very end. So you racked up about $2.4 million worth of damage. A lot of clump, cum cleaning had to happen to yeah. clear out some of the systems of our uh, robots here. Oh, you guys keep track of that? <laughs> <laughs> Those fluffers ain't cheap, buddy. Because, um, like, um, the, you get the uh, the scene with uh, the man in black, whose name we do not know. Um, he is... It might be. <laughs> he has just killed a bunch of people, and uh, one of the uh, employees turns to uh, Hemsworth number 18 and says, this guy's already taken out a full squad. Do you want me to slow him down? Yeah, you know, I like, love that. was a, a, a how, very informative moment. How would they slow him down? I imagine... Up the, the lifespan on the... 
it's like or he, up it, his pain registry or something. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Or just send a whole horde of people to, because we have seen, because we've seen the show before that they can be, if they're in like the outer expert levels, they can be like tied up and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. subdued in many That's ways, true. even as guests. An Indian I, with a blow dart just takes them out for the next 12 hours. Off. <laughs> <laughs> Slows him down. <laughs> oh, another, shit. Another, another important revelation from that scene is when he goes to Hemsworth brother number 19 Hemsworth brother says like oh that man can do whatever he wants mm-hmm. so uh, Ed Harris is someone important in this, in this are we world. still gonna we're it's not spo- so we're, hard we're spoiling very little this time right as we're, much as as, as much little as, possible. as possible yeah I it's guess just, it just sounds so contrived like <laughs> <laughs> oh he said he must be pretty important <laughs> we don't know his name like <laughs> he's somebody <laughs> tune in next time to see what the hazard boys got in store for them <laughs> Um, Jamie Simpson, we talked about him tangentially, but he makes an appearance in this episode. Uh, James Marsden, uh, a.k.a. Teddy, is the Kenny of Westworld. <laughs> Indeed. You know what I mean? He just, which way is he going <laughs> to die right. in this episode? <laughs> God damn it, Teddy. <laughs> oh, my God, you killed Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> a classic South Park. I just damn. know it. Poor Teddy. Um, actually, bringing up a good point, um... Jimmy Simpson. Mm-hmm. The, who's the guy's name who plays plays Logan? Logan. He's the guy from the Punisher. He's the guy from Punisher. Are they the first two actors to reappear on a Streaming Things episode from different properties? Oh, oh. my God. And they have both come out in the same show? That's That'd be pretty cool. I think so. Because obviously Jimmy, Jimmy Simpson we saw in uh, Black Jimmy Smith. <laughs> Jimmy Schmitz, yeah. He's the next one. <laughs> and then uh, the guy who played Logan was in Punisher. So... And now they're here mm-hmm. together again. Yay, best friends. <laughs> I noticed something about the guy who plays Logan. We should have just IMD beat him. He's got the same fucking beard that annoys me because he doesn't trim the neck part evenly. Mm-hmm. And it was exactly that way in Punisher. And I'm staring at the because as a baby faced guy, I have a fascination with beards. So I always look very closely at like how to grow them. How would I if I grew, had the ability? And you're like, not that. Yeah, and he's super <laughs> handsome, but he's just got fucking, you know what I mean? Andy, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, totally. He's got like a sparsely, scraggly, uneven neck thing going on. Now, I... can easily, with the cheapest wall trimmer from Walmart, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he's an actor. I mean, successful. in Westworld, you gotta use like straight razor and shit, dude. Well, that, that's just dangerous. He can pay for that. That's true. That's true. I mean, he's on his way in looking like that. Now, I don't know. It just bothers the fuck out of me. I'm a fuck fan of the beard longer on the neck. With my beard, I, I do about two fingers up from my Adam's apple, maybe mm-hmm. one one and a half fingers. One Adam's apple. One, one Adam's apple. Um, but so I but I wear mine further down on my neck than a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. I'm just um, an untamed beast over here. <laughs> I don't know. Steve has, wins the the uh, Streamy's Majest- Magisterial Beard Award, for sure. Yes, I get a golden Streamy. <laughs> golden Streamy. <laughs> I forgot we made it that. Anyway, I just... Fuck his beard. That's all I'm saying. He likes to party, though. Yeah, he does. He, 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 he like walks off with dudes and chicks. Yeah. I'm like, that's my dude. That's a... Hmm. I like him. You can be when you want to be. <laughs> Here, you could be gay. <laughs> but, but they're supposed Nobody to be Nobody even cares It's awesome Nobody even I'm cares suck this robot dick It's the wild west No one cares <laughs> <laughs> It's just free love out here In the wild west man But they're supposed to be Brother-in-laws right Who work, yes. work together mm-hmm. At the same company Which I thought it, it, Characterization wise Amazing Does a great job Of uh, establishing William Jimmy Simpson's character As in my opinion Overly moral Mm-hmm because he turns down like a lot of free sex mm-hmm. from programmed consensual women that are beautiful uh, because his fiance or whatever is waiting on him. He's got a real life. I'm really in love with a living thing. And that's very sweet. And uh, many men are actually like that. I'm not saying it's unrealistic. I just thought um, they went a little overboard, maybe. Uh, and you know, obviously, he grabs the white hat versus the black hat. But also characterizing Logan as an over asshole because right off the train he looks back and he's like my sister wrote all kinds of cowboy cocks you know and it's like (laughs) that's his wife or whatever you know like that's insensitive at best and Super dick. They they clearly have <laughs> yeah, a, yeah it was. <laughs> they clearly have a very antagonistic relationship because yes. mm-hmm. even at the start when uh, Jimmy Simpson wakes up he's like hey fuckface or something like that. <laughs> They're just 
<laughs> they immediately just start like right. throwing jabs at one another. And there is like a, it's really well placed, like level of tension, not just like a bro fucking with each other, but an actual competition, you know, a loathing. Yeah. I love the line where uh, Clementine says, your friend sounds like he's having fun. He's like, I wouldn't use that word. She's like, fun. He's like, friend. You yeah. Know, very clever. <laughs> love the writing in the show. Um, but we didn't talk about Dolores waking up with... Yeah, I, there's actually an edit in this part that I really, really like because obviously it opens up with Wake Up Dolores. She walks outside and she's outside the, the house and she's kind of staring at a spot and we don't know what it is. And then it says, the the voice that's talking to her says, do you remember? Cut to Jimmy Simpson. Mm, mm, which very good which may or may not be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I think there's something later that we, I think we kind of have to. I agree. Um so we know we that there's remember enough to super spoil. These right are important point. cuts. <laughs> <laughs> I think later I have some notes that I really just can't talk around, mm-hmm. Stu. Well, then we'll, we'll get there. Get another bumper. Okay. That's, oh, no, we already we, we, we already have the non We already have the spoiler bumper. So okay. people know. They okay. know. Mm-hmm. They know. We'll they know. get there. Okay. Keep hanging on. <laughs> <laughs> um. We do find out the, the, the hot young lady that tries to suck everybody off says you can't kill anyone you're not supposed to, mm-hmm. which is more information because we're, we're slowly mm-hmm. getting very little information about the rules of this world. Um, she has a kind of a cryptically, uh, I, I thought it was an ominous kind of line where he asks if she's real or she's like, you know, you want to ask it, so just ask it. And then she says it and she goes, uh, she says, um, if you can't tell, does it matter? That was very Wachowski, I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it was like, well, kind of, if you can murder one of the others. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does matter because if you're real, you're probably not about to suck me off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would like it if you did that. Um, That'd be fun then, for the employees, like, start to undress him. Psych! And then <laughs> just, well, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm the gender. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then uh, later on that comes up when he asks Logan that. Logan just pulls out a gun and aims it at a person's head. It's like, one way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> douche. Okay. Such a douche. But I thought that that line, it kind of evinced a confusing level of self-awareness that we have never seen because the hosts think they're real mm-hmm. Western people. And yet that hostess, <laughs> introductory lady, the host of hosts, she seemed to be aware that she was an android. Um, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I it mean, it just that, weirded me out. It's probably something like programmed specifically for the, the, sure. the I guess greeting concierge. Hmm. Yeah. The hostess. Yeah. The hostess host. Um, host world. So that's one of the ones we're going to see soon. in season two. Yeah. Host world. So who was narrating the scene where Dolores wakes again? Or was that one of her dreams? I believe it was. Um, it was Jeffrey Wright this time because we cut. It was Bernard, right. Okay. Yes, we cut to um, an interview with her and <laughs> Bernard um, towards the end of the episode. Yes. Where he says, wake up again. Um, and then shortly after that, we cut back to the So bo- the, the, the narration shot. was one of their many talks. Yes. What you're saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just keeping everybody up to pace there. And so now are we just going to go full spoiler? I think we're, I, yeah. I go for it. Okay. So is this OG Bernard that we're seeing here? Yes. I think cause the room that he interrogates her in is Ford's room, like his secret room that we haven't technically seen yet other than in this one scene. Okay. Where Ford does his like secret activities where he makes his own host, including Bernard. Yes. Um, doesn't he? I don't even remember. I, does he kill Bernard? No, he does not. I think Bernard like changes a setting to let them let the hosts kill him or something. Yeah. Oh, it's like a suicide by host. I yes. think so. Okay, and then he remakes him in that room, and he also remakes the lady. Any, anyway, that's not important. But what's important is all of the little nuggets that we get that I'm now able to notice that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, we see um, retask Clementine. So they're starting to say that Maeve, who is the, the madam of the uh, saloon. Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton's character is malfunctioning. They want to recall her. 
and they well, say we need to retask Clementine. She knows how to do the job because 30 years ago she was the madam before Maeve was built. Yeah. And it's just a cool nugget that you just pass right mm-hmm. over at that time. Another thing I don't want to kind of <laughs> skip over here is like in the episode, clearly they're, they're talking about hiding the the glitch, as it were, that Abernathy has. Mm-hmm. And Elsie brings up the idea of like, well, maybe we need to recall all the you know hosts that he came in contact with because sure. she's has this theory that whatever was wrong with him is going to spread to the other hosts and we get a really good scene where something clearly going on with Dolores and she ends up having contact with Maeve and the whole reason Maeve starts kind of going on her own little adventure here is because Dolores looks at her and says these violent delights have right. violent ends and so she actually is kind of passing on this mm. um, glitch as it were to the other hosts and kind of opening them up to uh, self-awareness if that's what it is but no, I think it is, and I think that that's symbolic of, um, you know, I get, a truth spreading f- mm-hmm. between people, like freedom, like people like, you know, Martin Luther King or Gandhi, like they've always started these fires in like a Ray Bradbury sense, like a Fahrenheit 451 sense of... Mm. An idea is a virus. Yeah, the, a V for Vendetta fucking way, you know what I mean? <laughs> Gonorrhea. Um, <laughs> um, She's getting spread around. But if you notice, there, so there are what, three timelines, I believe? I don't know. I think so. There's there's at least two. Anytime Jimmy Simpson is in it, that's the 30 years ago, the Mm -hmm. original uprising of Dolores, which I don't know why they wouldn't have just recalled her, but whatever. Jimmy time. And then you have Ed Harris time. (laughs) Jimmy time. Eddie time. And anytime you know, anytime you see Tandy Newton, you know that you're in Ed Harris time. Okay. And if you notice, Jimmy Simpson will never see Maeve because she was like on a plantation getting killed by Indians somewhere at this Mm -hmm. time. Clementine was the madam in Jimmy Simpson's time. If you notice, mm-hmm. when you walk by the saloon any other time, it's Tandy Newton standing outside, and it was Clementine that offered herself to hurt him and Logan. Good catch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is super fucking cool. The layers. Oh, yeah. my goodness. What's the third time? I believe Bernard interviewing uh, Dolores is a third time period. So prior- that's, that's prior to um, Jimmy time. Right. So we had Jimmy time, Eddie time, and Bernie time? Yes. <laughs> what's, what, what's the real Bernard's name? Is it Arthur? Yes, you are correct. Okay, wow. so Arthur time, Jimmy time, Maeve time. Mm-hmm. Well, you're mixing character names and actor names, though. That's it, true. It would have to be William time. William, William. Okay, I, I keep forgetting his, his character name is William. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that anytime Anthony Hopkins speaks in this fucking show, I feel mm-hmm. like it's the most beautiful, poetic, like novel worthy, like teaching high school shit. There were some insanely <laughs> quotable lines. In this yes. Episode. And it's, it's crazy. Meaning a lot to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard you go mm. after the uh, what was it? Uh, we can't play God without being acquainted with the devil. I think I, think, I, love I, that I, think I heard you go. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> said, indeed. Uh, I love that. And I love the little speech with him and Bernard about Occam's razor, because essentially they're trying to figure out what's happening with these hosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ford knows damn well what's going on. It's all to his plan. Um, and Bernard says somebody's been tampering with him. And Occam's razor is a philosophical tenet that says whatever the simplest solution is, it's the most likely to be true. Mm. And so he says, Occam's Razor, somebody's been... And then it's just so fucking cool that they take that and make it like a metaphor because Anthony Hopkins was like, he was a 13th century monk. He doesn't apply here. He would have burned us at the stake. You know, it's just like this fucking awesome, like... It doesn't make the thing less true, mm-hmm. but it, his little speech is really artistic. And I love the editing in that Occam's Razor scene because he and there must be somebody tampering with the host. And then it almost goes directly to Bernard having his one-on-one conversation with Dolores in Arthur time. Right. But the editing is made to believe that all this is happening at the same time, but really it's, you know, in separate yes. timelines. And the editing is so well done and the writing as well, because this obviously mm-hmm. had to be in the writing process. But it's such a neat way to tell a story out of sequence, but you think it's in sequence. And mm-hmm. it's it really kind of it's great to rewatch and kind of see them, you know, turning these levers behind the, like behind the curtain. It's, mm-hmm. it's really cool. It's fascinating to me in a meta sense that Steve is a film editor and I'm a writer and like the things, you know, I'm like, dude, the fucking Occam's Razor line, you know what I mean? And he's like, no, the ed- shut up, the editing, you know what I mean? And then Andy does both. I'm just like, just boobs. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Never mind. Don't, don't send me down that path. We'll get kicked off the air. Um, I also uh, really dug Ed Harris and uh, the weird 
Lawrence torture scene, you know, so he meets Lawrence. Um, I guess he's run around with him a bunch before and adventures past takes him to his little Mexican town and destroys all his cousins and mm. his wife, but spares his daughter and the character who thinks he's real doesn't react to his wife's death very much at all. Mm. Uh, but you see a huge insight into Ed Harris's character. Um, I forget the way he phrased it. It was very beautiful, but basically he's marveling at the, the wife as she's crying. Mm-hmm. He's Base like, it's emotions. so great. But then you see, you see the cracks after you've been here a while mm-hmm. and it's like playing a video game and you start to see the glitches. Like an N64 game was so gorgeous to us back in the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. so now you just see the blocky hands and shit. Right. That was one of the things I wrote down. I kept writing down these like uh, video game nods that were happening uh-huh. throughout the episode. And that was one of them. Like the longer you stick around, the more you kind of see the cracks and behind the curtain, like you find the glitches in games. But then he says that... Um, the, the most Except the, the most basic emotion, which yeah. I took to be fear. He said it was suffering... But that's kind of explaining, like, that's perfect to him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that is super yeah, real that's, looking. That's where they're at their most real, is yeah. when they're doing the base emotions. Gameplay is king, is what he's saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. Uh, another video game nod is when the eye patch guy falls off the draw cart, mm-hmm. and Jimmy Simpson goes to help him up. And essentially, Logan's like, Just leave him alone. Yep. He's fucking going to take he's, on some stupid-ass side quest. It's going to be a stupid fetch quest. quest. <laughs> yep. Totally. And, and haven't you ever been playing your games with like a hack and slash with me and been like, don't t- don't press X on the fucking <laughs> cowled guy outside the smith. Damn it, Chris. Now we have to go over here, you know. There's that one. Uh, there's... Um uh, the fact that you can't kill anyone that you're not supposed to, um, it's like a thing in video games, like that you can't kill children. Uh, like, like that's a rule as far as, mm-hmm. or maybe what it's an unspoken rule. What about Modern Warfare to the opening? Aren't there kids in there? Mm-mm. No, they're no, all adults. Just, it's all adults in the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really bad. Most any game that has kids in it, like Skyrim or something, you run up and swing your sword at the kid and they just ignore it. Yeah. Like, uh, ah, and they run away. Mm-hmm. Or anyone that's an ally in a game, you know, you point the crosshair at him and it turns green. That means you, you can't pull the trigger, you know right. what I mean? So not being able to kill anyone that you're not supposed to, I thought was a nice little video game nod to. Um, the train is essentially a lobby um, when they are right. when they are finally entering the park. He's like, well, how do we get into the park? And it's like, now you're a part of it. It's like a pregame lobby that you you can gear up. like a chat room or gearing up. Exactly. And get I thought that, your dick sucked. Wait, right. I yeah, play totally. that game. <laughs> and there's the good versus evil choice. Red hat. White. <laughs> exactly. And and then uh, Paragon, co- costume evil. is a reflection of morality. You know, your characters are always lighter colored and associated with blue. That's why later in the good. game, the, uh, later in the show, the men in black's eyes turn yellow and his face becomes pale. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Spoiler. And, and the most obvious one when uh, a man in black uh, is saying he wants to get to the deepest level of the game and he wants to get to the maze. You know, he's, he's basically talking about Easter eggs. But the maze is not meant for him. Indeed. And I don't remember that thread I don't other either. than that it does not I develop do. as he wishes. Uh, the little creepy girl was like, all right, bitch, follow the blood of Royo to the fucking nugget. Or something. Mm. I remember what it is. <laughs> I know the Blood Arroyo is that pale assassin lady that hangs out with Hector. Yeah. Well, you don't spoil it for us. I Again. Won't. I won't, friends. I won't. <laughs> um, I also don't remember the significance of the buried gun, other than that it was from past time period. Um, anyway. Oh, and the picking up of the can is another little nugget from now what knowing what I know. Because that wonderful speech is going on about the details from Anthony Hopkins, Dr. Ford, talking about the, you know, falling in love. And it cuts to so some editing for you. It cuts to mm-hmm. Jimmy Simpson. A little overt editing, but still, yeah. that's like some editing I could have done. <laughs> and it looks at Dolores and she's dropping the can. And I immediately thought of Ed Harris walking and picking it up and how amazing that must have. Mm-hmm. Not amazing, but, he, you know what I mean? He's seen her drop that can a million times, which yeah. is why he was so sardonic about handing it to her. And at the time, it just seems like a weird gesture. Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, totally. And another cool, uh, this is more of like a production design thing, is, you know, obviously in, in um, William's time, Teddy is a different program character. He has a black hat because he has this. I noticed that he had a black hat, and I wondered if it had no significance well, for his, NPCs. Well, his, his character in that world, or in this timeline, is known to have slaughtered a town of people. Oh, that's right. He's the and he's supposed to be Confederate some big, soldier guy. Yeah, he's supposed to be some type of outlaw, so he has this black hat, whereas when we went to, when we were introduced, introduced the, to him in the current present day, last episode, he's got the white hat on, and he's a much more valiant Nice find. the big brain on Steve. Nice right? find. That's okay, way yeah. deeper than the clementine thing 
And that also explains why he's not there to pick up the can for Dolores in this in this particular I scene. I thought he was being a little bit of a prick not picking up that can. No, I'm <laughs> But did you notice that, uh, I wonder how, how, if this is supposed to come back at all, but when uh, William and Logan get off the train, uh, he William bumps shoulders with the same burly looking guy but that Teddy, Teddy did. did when Teddy was wearing the white hat. So I wonder if that's like a thing where it's like, oh, good guys bumping to the, the grizzly bear looking dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or so, well, the one's, one's of, a host and the other's a guest, though. So it might right. just be a little bit of a coincidence. Or maybe it's just some type of visual metaphor for like, mm-hmm. this is a dangerous place for good moral people to be in. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Or they just forgot about the time period thing. <laughs> or that one dude is just on the same path. Fuck you, Grizzly <laughs> every, Adams. Every day, Grizzly Adams walks down and bumps shoulders with someone. He's like... He's got he, the shittiest loop in the park. <laughs> he just keeps going in a big circle, and it's like Bumping that Terminator people. vision that's like, finding target, finding target, locked. Initiate shoulder bump. <laughs> Throw. Coattail. Throw shade with eyes. <laughs> so do you think, like, with the choice of the hat... Like, are they like locking you into like morality thing? Like, I don't think so. I think it's a subtle, um, like make your choice. Because the dudes are like, last time I, w- I was white hat, you know, and I had fun, but this time I went straight black hat. You know well, what I mean? Metaphor, are they just buying like, into the visual metaphors? I mean, you're, are you mean to tell me you decide to rape somebody? Like, say you want to rape this dude. I'm just saying they should all and be. You got a white hat on, and it's like pants won't come down. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it locks the belt or something. You know what I mean? Well, I think Ford kind of because when uh, Sizemore does his big, you know, pitch for his new story, Sizemore or uh, I'm sorry, Ford goes on to this thing where the the people who come to the park know who they are. Mm. They come to the park to figure out who they can be, mm. and obviously William wants to be a moral person, right? Whereas mm. Logan just doesn't give a shit, and he's like, I'll be fucking evil, ha. Um, so I think it's kind of this, you know, metaphor. The hats are a metaphor of like, who do we want to be? Who do we want to be perceived as? Or how do we want to be perceived? And definitely at this point of the story, certain characters want to be perceived as a white hat, mm-hmm. valiant knight type of character. You're a white hat, Steve. I, I definitely sure. am. Yeah. I love that. I would be scene. the guy that's like the sex people are like, hey, you want to? And I'm like, no, thank you. Sex I'm people. Gonna, I'm just going to go look for treasure <laughs> with the one eyed guy. <laughs> he said, that, that says it all. They call them sex people. That would be, I wouldn't make, I'd be like, there's a train. Uh, <laughs> Steve's like, dude, the train ride was crazy, wasn't it? I'm like, train? <laughs> you ran a train? <laughs> Damn, Steve. Uh, I, um, I found treasure with the one-eyed guy. <laughs> you guys, I had such a good that time. so kinky. <laughs> <laughs> I found treasure with the one eye. Get it? Like a penis. <laughs> we were laughing at way different things. Um, anyway, I love that scene with Sizemore and Ford because it, to me, it was like, what I love about Sizemore's story is that it's decent. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like a Spielberg movie or something where oh, yeah. you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. And it's decent. He's even, like, kind of convincing. Yeah. Well, he, he he's talks like, about funny tropes, like tragic, tragically doomed, meet tragically doomed yeah. side characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, it, well, I guess what I'm trying to explain is it's like, it's good writing, mm-hmm. even his speech. And then Ford is like, the fucking Kubrick. Hold my beer. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> shit's on him, you know? Um, and it kind of say I'm definitely more of a Sizemore talent-wise, <laughs> so, but I'm even still able to respect that, you know what I mean? Because he's like, uh, they want to find who they are, you know? And I'm like, yeah, decent. And he's like, no. You know? And you're like, oh, who they might be? That's way cooler. <laughs> you missed the entire premise of the park. Damn. Um, I don't know. I just love that. It's like a good writer and a great mm-hmm. writer. Um, it's not I, like a shitty writer and a good writer. It right. makes it better. I like that bit where Sizemore's like, didn't you like anything about the thing? And that was unnecessary. And then it cuts to his shoes. Like, Ford's just <laughs> shitting like, on him. I'll just take those shoes. I mean, did you notice the Indian uh, where he had broken that giant prosthetic nose? He had a nice nose. That's all the time. new, yeah. smaller nose. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a very likable guy that size more. Did you slap a penis more. on the guy's face? <laughs> Do you slap a penis? Slap <laughs> a penis. I like the, uh, wasn't there anything you liked about it? Because that's kind of like, you know, the the hurt guy, the hurt creative guy that can't take constructive criticism very well. You know what I mean? It's like, but what about this? Wasn't this cool? I mean, that's, that's such a writer thing to do. It but. is a good window into Ford's 
you know, idea of what the park is as opposed to what, like, the more corporate-y style. Because mm. I see Sizemore is definitely the more corporate like, we want to give a grand experience that we wrote, and Ford's more like, I want people to make their own decisions and do their own things. He wants to make them less real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and just animatronic. He wants to turn it into fucking Chuck E. Cheese, yeah. you know? <laughs> just imagine Chuck E. Cheese in Westworld. Just somebody fucking one of those Chuck E. Cheese dance pots. <laughs> into the ball pit. <laughs> Get me some shitty pizza. <laughs> um, okay, and since we're spoiling, we also have this scene with Bernard and uh, Teresa. Uh, no, is it Teresa? Yes, yeah, Teresa. Quality Colin. assurance lady? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Teresa. So Teresa, after they uh, do the sex people stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And he's talking about the androids and he's saying that's why they talk to each other when there's no guests around. They're practicing. And she says, is that what you're doing now? Practicing? Which was a funny, coy, girlfriendy thing to say to like a, their on the spectrum boyfriend. The first viewing. Hmm. Second viewing, knowing he's actually a host is like, oh, Ooh. he is actually, you know, seeds planted. Uh, just not just Bernard. Very just so <laughs> Nolan esque layers, uh, you know. So, since she doesn't know that he is a host and they've had sex, that means these robots shoot synthetic loads. I, well, they also drink and right. They eat. must take I don't know shits. Where, I, I know that's what I was thinking this time. How does Bernard not know he's a host? Because he hangs out with real people all the time, and he's got to at some point think. What you doing in there, guys? <laughs> I haven't pissed in years. <laughs> Wasn't there a programming where uh, the hosts, you can just program things out of their mind like they're just not you think aware resetting of it? Him? He just walks by the men room. Doesn't look like yeah. anything to me. Yeah, that's, yeah true. that's right. Yeah, it doesn't that's look true. like anything to me. <laughs> like, you hungry? I don't want to eat anything. I don't understand the concept no, of No, I've been told to respond no. Nay. Uh, yeah, that's true. Okay, that's gone. No hole there. Um <laughs> And then I guess I'm sure he has to eat though if he's going to be in a corporate setting with coworkers who are like, "Come on, Bernard, let's go have a beer." Don't be such a dick. He's like, "Okay, I was going to just stand here and wipe my glasses a bit more, but I guess I'll come." (laughs) I do love that little character take that Jeffrey Wright gives to it. Yeah. Um, And then Maeve's awakening. We can't end without talking about Maeve quite a bit. Uh, So it started with Dolores interfering. Um, I think I was picking up on it this time. We now know because we see later what Maeve does. we're seeing it through the second time that basically they're just characters in an RPG with like dexterity, strength, intelligence, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, magic resistance (laughs) is how that works. And you can up the percentages of each of those things. And some asshole raises her aggression 20%. uh, And the lady blames it on Elsie blames it on narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think that has a lot to do with how, Vigorous, she starts to. She kind of leads the rebellion by the end of the season. So, I think. Well, I think that uh, she archived it, changes it. But but I thought at first, I thought, oh shit, that's what happened. That was a big boo boo. But then she kind of reset it. Well, eventually, they uh, she gets control of it herself, right? Yeah, yeah. she makes her intelligence mm -hmm. massive. But Um, I I, uh, I took that more of a. They're just kind of planting the idea that they can actually control mm, the the, true. Okay, foreshadowing on the slider. And I, I love like the progression of the acting for her for Tandy Newton throughout mm-hmm. that because like she we see the same uh, uh, st- uh, monologue that she tells three her prospective clients three times and each time it's like well first one's pretty good the second one's super aggressive and the third one's like spot on the third one she went full, just right or the second one she went full Donald Trump yeah <laughs> just grabbed her by the pussy <laughs> and the lady was like whoa maybe next time. <laughs> I do like the the explanation that they uh, Elsie kind of gives where because um, the one gentleman asks her if they dream and she's like, why the fuck would they dream? Mm, but then she says, um, you know, we give them the concept of dreams just in case they wake up when someone doesn't or like if someone doesn't wipe them and they remember the conversation, they can just blame that on a dream. That's and kind of she a, actually says, if anything, it'd be those dumb bastards working on them that they would remember. Yeah. And then it cut to, it cut to one of those dumb mm-hmm. bastards, a couple yeah, of those dumb couple bastards, of them dumb motherfuckers. Lutz um, and I don't know the other guys. They are. are the downfall of the entire park. Yeah, that's the what's his name? Fuck. Ah, ah, ah. Didn't have the Nedry. It's the Nedry, Nedry of Dennis Westworld. Nedry. Those two fuckers, right? Well, definitely the one guy. The other dude's kind of like he kind of seems a little bit more. 
Like, like, what are we doing? Hold on to your butts? Uh, I don't know what to do. Oh, I guess, I mean, you're morally correct. I mean, you're sentient now, so I guess I'll help you. That's true. <laughs> don't kill me. Please don't hurt me. Um, we also have to talk a bit about Ford creating the child version of himself mm. and hanging out with that from time to time. Did remember- you do that? No. My little fat piece of shit version of me that I want to just maybe one I could kill every day. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not that upset with my past. Um, No, I wouldn't do that. But I remember the first viewing thinking that it was a visitor to the park. And then at the end, when he basically sends him away like the snake, I was like, oh, shit. And this time I knew that the whole time. But did you ever get fooled by that? Was I the only one? No, I got fooled by it in the first viewing, for sure. He's like, daddy won't let me. You know, and I'm like, oh, what you need to go back with your parents. Daddy's a rich. Yeah. (laughs) Would you like to go and walk with me? (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, He he showed me a snake. (laughs) Um. He did a magic trick with his thing. <laughs> Obviously, at 30, no, I would not resurrect um, an eight-year-old self. But, you know, 70, if I was maybe. 70, I might get nostalgic. And yeah, I feel like that would just be, like, really just bleak and grim if I did that. It would just be me sitting in a couch, like, sifting whiskey and little young me's, like, doing young me things. Like, God, I fucking hate you. My father always told me, if you're bored, you're boring. My daddy told me that, too. <laughs> <laughs> So, in the uh, Ford as God concept, that sure. is little kid's Jesus. I love that they paint Ford out to be this <laughs> yeah. megalomaniacal, LOL. See, that's the kind of shit I just talk over, and then later I'm like, LOL. <laughs> I caught it live this time. Uh, kind of. They paint him like this megalomaniacal, godlike uh, guy, and he's really not. You know, It's intentional misdirection of his character throughout this whole season, I feel like. Hmm. Uh, because he does some crazy shit, seemingly crazy shit later, mm-hmm. um, especially when uh, Jeffrey Wright, when you find out that he's a host, that scene that you think he's about to take Ford down, who is a villainous character. And then, you know, that's sad. I don't know. I'm stumbling, trying not to talk too much about the later parts. No, but. it's really, really good. I, I love like I said, he's probably my favorite. One of my favorite characters of this whole series, just because I feel the series is strongest when he's waxing poetic, poetically yeah, with absolutely. people, specifically mm-hmm. with Bernard. Um, we don't know the full extent of his control over this park, though, and it really doesn't make a whole lot of scientific sense. If because he's yeah, he's just doing hand gestures. Yeah, we've to got make... some code words that we've latched onto that all of the mechanics are know mm-hmm. of, um, and we've seen them dress up in Western clothes to not disturb the guests to collect certain hosts, things like that. But yeah, but Hopkins straight up fucking levitates and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we could assume that he's programmed things so deep into their coding that he would never share with other people so mm-hmm. that he would always have the most control. Yeah. He's got cheat codes. Right. He does. He's in God mode. Video yeah. game metaphors. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Killing it. You guys are in your element. Uh, we should have said this episode was directed by Richard J. Lewis. I believe episode one, the original was directed by Jonathan Nolan himself. Richard Jenkins. Mm-hmm. J.J. Uh, Abrams is a, an executive producer. I forgot about that. So did I. Andy caught a really good Easter egg that Ed, I... Ed Brubaker? Oh, no, I, uh, about the piano. Oh, yeah, it played uh, No Surprises by um, Radiohead. Radiohead. I, I think that was it's awesome. one of two Radiohead songs in this yeah, series, um, right? Yeah, in the finale, they use exit music for a film. Nice. What, any, any Easter eggs from you there, I had, I had never caught No Surprises No, that was before. the only one. Oh, you just like, like pitching it to Andy. Andy caught it, and I didn't. I didn't. He's the one that pointed it. He's like, "Is that Radiohead?" I'm like, uh, and then at that point, the song had passed, so I like uh, looked it up while I was uh, watching. Like, it was. Oh, he, it was. Andy's right, <laughs> motherfucking Andy. Did you hear that Chicago <laughs> song though? No, no, I'm just kidding. I was gonna say, was there a Chicago <laughs> yeah. song? That's very that'd be super weird. That'd be like perfect. That'd be awesome. I'm gonna play piano. Anything else we want to say about episode two, Chestnut? No. Okay, that's about all we have for episode two. Uh, if you would like, and I would like it if you did it, you could follow me, Chris, on Twitter, at Rudd. Andy has a twat. I, <laughs> I have a Twitter. At um, <laughs> uh, Inkwell Verbal. And Stu. You can find me at Steve May 13. I wish you had a place where you could find all of your films and things you're up to oh artistically. My, my goodness, you can. It's www.stevemayfilms.com. You can also check out the revamped wrestling podcast I host called uh, Smarky Marks, but you have to search for K Fabulous Wrestling Radio because it's on the same feed. Okay. So K-Fabulous. please search for K Fabulous Wrestling Radio and you'll get all the goodness there if you like wrestling. If you're into that wrestling. That wrestling. wrestling. If you like that wrestling. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to support us, tell your friends about it. Word of mouth. Uh, rate and review the podcast is even better. 
uh, on Please iTunes specifically. Smash that subscribe or button. Stitcher or Google Play. It's whatever, but uh, iTunes is what we like. That's where the big boys play. And yeah, make sure you smash that subscribe button. But don't hurt your phone. Those things mm. are so expensive. Yeah. And it's really not worth it, no matter how much you love us. Thank you so much. Email us at streamingthingspod at gmo.com to tell us how much you love us. Or That's any insights you have. No, just, just the love. Okay. It's in a really dark <laughs> we, spot right now. We, we want love. Yeah. Well, I'm really smart. I figured it all out, but I just need love. Sex people kind of love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And we are the sex people. Which one? The the one, you know. Um, oh, the uh, somebody. Hang on, uh, come I'm on, coming up with it. It was super catchy. Is it summertime sadness or is that another singer? In the movies, yeah, and all the friends that know us know. In the movies, royals. You can call me Queen Bee. No, that's not how it goes at all. We got to together. We're trying to think of Lord songs that we can play at the same time. Came up to royals. Yeah.